The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We are halfway in our Easter aftermath journey. This is the fifth week and the end of the first month. We are running this Easter aftermath season for two months. And I told you how we came about the two months. For 40 days, he stayed with them after his resurrection. And he taught them several things. He departed on the 40th day. The Holy Ghost came on the 50th day. And their world and the entire world never remained the same again. Hallelujah. And what we are challenging everyone and encouraging everyone to believe God for. Somebody shout out loud, I am interested. Is for you to have your own personal aftermath encounters with Jesus. That will change your life. It's not enough that Jesus died. Glory to God. The Bible said Jesus died for everyone. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You have to receive him. That's new birth. But it's also not enough that you have received him. You need to start getting an understanding, a revelation, an insight into what you have received and whom you have received. That's what this 40-day to 60-day period is for. So 40-day was when he left. 50th day was when he, the Holy Ghost came. 60 days to round it up for two months. <laughs> Praise God. Just catch something. Glory be to God. Catch something. I'm telling you, if Jesus should reveal himself to you or you see Jesus like you have never seen him before, man, fire. Fire. I don't know about you. Me, I'm seeing some things. Seeing some things. And it's just... Psh, hallelujah. Again, what we are after is the benefits of our redemption. Too many of us in the body of Christ are not enjoying this thing as we ought. And I'm not saying that to make us feel bad. I'm actually saying it to challenge us. Man, you can be wiser than you are today. You have access to all wisdom. You can be richer than you are today. You have access to Christ's riches in glory. Hallelujah. You can be healthier than you are today. The son of righteousness has arisen over you with healing in his wings. You can be happier today. I mean today than ever before. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You are the heir of God. A joint heir with Christ. As Jesus has it, so do you. How market? How market? If you are satisfied, all well and good. In fact, if you are satisfied, be careful. There are three spirits I'm, I'm wanting everyone to avoid. I think I'm going to get into that at the crossover service. I will go a little bit deeper into these things, teaching that one. Please don't grab or don't allow the spirit of despair or discouragement to touch you. Number two, don't allow the spirit of complacency to touch you. So if you are doing fine, that I'm satisfied. Don't be satisfied to the point where you are not praying anymore. You are not pursuing God anymore. You are not pressing into God anymore. That's a dangerous satisfaction. 
Apostle Paul said, not that I've already attained. But I press that I may apprehend that for which I was apprehended. So you never allow complacency. Ah, don't say, man, Pastor T, if you knew where God picked me up. I was so broke. But now, see, I have my own house. And you are now packing because you have your own house. No! Ah, Pastor T, if you knew where God picked me up from. I was a high clubber to the core. Now I'm a pastor of a church. And the church is doing well. And that's why you are packing. That's why your prayer life has gone down. No, you need fire. Don't get complacent. Oh. So even though we are saying we want to start enjoying this thing to the point where you are satisfied, our own satisfaction is not a satisfaction that breeds complacency. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? And bless God, don't get arrogant. Don't get to that point where you can't humble yourself again. God cannot teach you anything new. Because God will always resist the proud. Hallelujah. What have we learned? Let me start again from our anchor text. And again, we are still going to study the book of Zechariah and the book of Ezra, at least, and the book of Haggai. Please take those three. They are just small, small books. Haggai is even just two chapters. Because where I believe God wants to take us to is what those people did with the fire of God. The people in the days of the prophecy of Zechariah and Haggai, their prophecy, and you read about them in the books of Ezra, and Nehemiah. We're going to get there. But again, in Zechariah chapter 2, verse 5, God said, I'm going to be a wall of fire around you and the glory in your midst. And that ties into our Easter aftermath experience desire. We want to experience the glory. Hallelujah. Anybody interested in the glory of what Jesus obtained for us? What's glory? Everything God has for us to enjoy. But it takes fire to experience it. The glory in a precious metal, gold or silver, it will never be seen except that metal, after it is discovered from the ground, is taken through fire. And the Bible likens the believer to precious metal. Said you carry treasure within. Treasure in earthen vessels. So just like gold is under the ground, Oil is under the ground. Silver is under the ground. Earthen, earthen. Say so that's how you are. God has hidden amazing treasures in your life, in my life. Hallelujah. But until we go through fire, those things may never be evident. In fact, God told them that. Glory be to God. In Zechariah chapter finds us. When we are constantly and consistently being put through fire, the fire of God, we get better and better. The treasures within become more evident. Zechariah 13, verse 9, I will bring one thought through fire. For what purpose? I will refine them as silver and test them as gold is tested. Glory be to God refining refining hallelujah we said this fire does something it consumes that's the one they used to define god the father is a consuming fire and that's not to make us scared some back in the day old christians that things like that used to scare them so they had songs like reverend k always teaches us about that and they are not singing it from a point of view of I reverence you, which is really what the song should mean. 
And that's the revelation we have. I reverence you, I respect you, I honor you. That's the fear that the Bible teaches. They are singing from the point of view that, hey, God can kill me. Like God killed them in Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sin. Consume them. And that's the, that's the first evidence of God showing up as fire in scriptures. In the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, their sin had going to a level God said, I'm, I'm going to wipe them out. But we understand we can't have that experience. Why? Our sin has already been judged in Christ on the cross. Your own judgment. Say with me, my own judgment. Jesus already bore. That's what he was doing on that cross. For those six hours I was hanging there. Now, that is not to say, okay, ah, so that means I can just be sinning freely after Jesus has borne it. No, that's not the point. So we still need the fear of God in our lives. But we are now working with God as a father, as a lover, as a provider, as a healer. Glory be to God. Not a God that wants to beat us because we sinned. And now when and if we do sin... We still claim the power of the blood to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. And that's what the consuming fire does for us now. It consumes sin in our lives. Let me say some, share something with you. And please try and make your mind as sanctified as you can. Just in the course of this series, I started having one particular temptation. And I noticed it was hanging around for two, three weeks. You know when you are being... Um, tempted in a particular area repeatedly. How many of you have been there before? Okay. Some of us are so holy. Satan doesn't tempt us anymore. But I'm telling you, as the pastor and director of operation, I was tempted. The first day, I didn't take much of it. This first week, by the second week, ah, and it was as if I was now sleeping. I was sliding more to commit the, the thing. Ask your neighbor, what do you think the sin was? I'm not going to tell you. you. You will determine what it is. And through that way, we will know the purity in your own mind. Most likely, you are probably gravitating towards the thing you two are tempted about. <laughs> but then, this teaching just started coming up. Thank God. Tell up your neighbor and say, physician, heal yourself. Physician, heal yourself. I mean, I just sat down one day and I just started confessing fire. In fact, that's what I did. I just said, fire, fire. Jesus, fire, fire. And gradually, the temptation just slipped away. That's, that's how consuming fire works. God consumes the things that are not supposed to be in your life, starting with sin, temptations. That's, that's, that's how consuming fire works for a Christian. It won't kill you. Like that fire did not burn the bush that Moses saw. It will actually make you purer. And I can say I stand before you today. I'm, I'm not that I can't be tempted in that line. I can't, but it's, it's, not, it's not as if it's a problem anymore. First John 1 John 1.7, let, let, let me share. I want to read something powerful in that text. This fire consumes the things that don't belong in our lives. The, um, Paul was telling us in the book of Hebrews, lay aside the weights and the sin that so easily besets us. Somebody say, so easily besets us. And Satan brings those temptations and things your way so that you can't run your race. So the destiny that God has ordained for you, director of operations, Pastor T., so that you will never get there. Because when you carry weights and sins, you can't move as you ought. So where you ought to be in 2020, you are not there. Because you are carrying sin and weights. But thank God for consuming fire. It will help you to lay them aside. 
That's how consuming fire works. So that's why you need the fire of God. Honestly, God told me as I was thinking about this series at the beginning. He said, if all you teach them is consuming fire, it is enough. For anybody that understands life and destiny. If all you know about consuming fire is that this fire will help me overcome the things that are trying to tempt me and weigh me down in this life. So I won't fulfill my destiny. If that's the only revelation you get, God told me it's enough. And I'm teaching you five different things, so I'm focusing on five different things. But he said that one is enough. First John 1, 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And this is the good news. The blood of Jesus, his son, does what? Cleanses us from how many sin? All of them. That's the power in the blood. It's not that because you're a Christian, you will not be tempted. You will be tempted. It's not that because you're a director of operation, you will not be tempted. You will be tempted. Sin will still come. Sin won't say, Pastor T, you're not director of operation, so okay, we don't try you anymore. No. The Bible said Jesus, the Son of God, was tempted at all, at all points like we are. But we have, glory to God, a solution. The blood. And it, it cleanses the sin. Makes it look as if you didn't sin. You cannot preach about it. And testify about it. And you are not condemned. And you are not lying. Glory be to God. But, but watch how the blood works. If we walk in the light. And we've told you the fire enlightens or illuminates. Do you know why some Christians struggle with sin? And don't know how to deal with sin? And sometimes sin dominates no light. No light. Why is there no light, no fire? So please learn this. I've mentioned this in this series. Let me stress it again. The blood is the device, like the AC. See, the, the things God gives us in the kingdom, the blood, the name, the word, the spirit, the tithe, the offerings, the worship, See them as devices or spiritual equipment. Like your air conditioning, like your computer, like your sound equipment, like your cameras that can do different things. What does the blood do? It cleanses us from all sin. The blood cleanses us. But then all this equipment where there is no power. Or where there is no fire. Do you know electricity is a kind of fire? Your car can transport you from point A to point B. But where there is no fire, you can have the car, but it will not move. Your fuel is liquid fire. These trains, think about the old school trains. Because the new generations, they are using electricity and things like that. They, we don't have them in this part of the world, but think about Japan and all these countries. That they have all these high-speed trains that can travel from Lagos to Kano in one hour. So in countries like that, these first world nations, someone can live in Lagos and be working in Kano. And it's not a problem. Major cities of developed countries, people live outside the main city hub. And they just need one train ride. And in one hour... And they go to the train station, I resume work at 8.30, I get to the train station at 7 o'clock, they have a book, or their pastor's someone that they're going to listen to for the one-hour ride, somebody shout amen. amen. So while they're riding to church for that one hour, they're hearing word, hallelujah. And when they get to work, they're on fire, glory be to God. But that train is transported by fire, or is moved by fire. 
You need the fire of God. Just like all our appliances in natural need fire or power to move them. The things we have in the spirit. So if a believer that has the blood, I'm not talking about an unbeliever here. This verse was talking about believers. They have the blood. They've already been born again. But if they don't walk in the light, hallelujah, walk in the light, you can't walk in the light without fire. Just like this AC cannot work if that generator is not on. That generator is firing the AC. That's why we need the fire of God. And this is why, listen to me, child of God, we have Christians that don't fully enjoy the things that are available to us in Christ, even though they are Christians. We are, we are learning wisdom here. Like we learned on Sunday. That younger son had faith for his inheritance. He had a revelation for his inheritance. Not only that, he used the faith. Not only that, the father obliged him and gave him the inheritance. Not only that, he went out of the house where he carried the inheritance in his bank account. And for a season, he enjoyed inheritance, but he lacked wisdom. And after a while, he lost it. I'm teaching wisdom here. Wisdom. Some people will say the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus doesn't work. Have you, have you seen Christians like that before? They said the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus doesn't work. Some people will give offering, offering doesn't work. Why no fire? These things work with fire. No fire. Yes, you are shouting the name. Yes, you are claiming the blood. But it's not working. So please, pay attention to what we are teaching. Look, look at this text. <laughs> I love this text. And this is why God showed me. He said, you need to teach this thing. Don't just shout it. There are some places that just shout fire, fire, fire. And fire really falls. It falls. But teaching is important. Romans 10 and verse 2. Paul was talking about the Jews. I bear them witness that they have zeal. Zeal is a manifestation of the fire of God. They said about Jesus, the zeal of the Lord has consumed him. We are coming to that in a while. Hopefully before we finish this series. Said they have zeal, but not according to knowledge. So it's not enough to have fire or zeal. You need to know how fire operates. That's why I'm teaching these things. That's why I'm going line by line. That's why I'm taking two months. And I'm praying that at the end of this season, in fact, before the end of this season, somebody's life will have changed dramatically already. In the name of Jesus. If you are the one I'm talking to, shout a louder amen. You need the zeal or the fire and you need to know so that when you are tempted, I mean, I just thought this thing has been coming, recurring for like two weeks. It started, I don't know when it started, where I knew around the time, but I didn't take note of it. But ah, this thing has been around for two weeks. This temptation keeps coming to my mind. I was, ah, you really go just you use fire, use your medicine. What you taught them in church, I just fire. I just fire, fire. Did that for like two days. Consuming fire. It drove the sin away. Let me tell you what happened. The devil behind that scene drove it away. Devils don't like fire. Like Dr. K told us at the workers' conference, when he reminds you about your past, remind him of his future. You are going to hell. Fire, fire, fire. When you say fire, devils, they don't like that word. Fire. Somebody say fire. 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 
It burns. It refines. Hallelujah. And then we went into, you see, those ones were the qualities. And we mentioned five qualities. Number one, that it burns, consumes. Number two, it refines. Number three, fire warms. Now, think just talking about natural fire. And we shared scriptures on all these five qualities. Fire will warm. You cook something, you warm it. Fire will make it happen. And it also, in warming, can take it to fervency. You need boiling water. Put, put the kettle on fire. And we have scriptures that talk to us about all these things. Fervent in spirit. When you see your fervency in spirit is dwindling, tap your neighbor and ask him, oh, hi, is he talking about you? Please, when you see that your fervency in spirit, in fact, I saw three powerful fervencies there in scriptures. Let me quickly share them with us. The Bible talks about being fervent in spirit. Glory be to God. Then it talks about fervent love. They are struggling to love people. Hallelujah. When you see those things are dropping, what do you do? Call fire. Pray for fire. Acquire fire. Do what it takes for the fire to come. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Romans 12, 11. Not lagging in diligence, but fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Let me quickly connect this again to what we taught on Sunday. Diligence. That's how you walk. When you see that you are struggling to walk. And I'm not just talking church now. Even in your office. You are struggling to know no excitement about work. Or you are excited but no, no fresh ideas. Said is the diligent man that will stand before kings in his business. When that diligence is lacking, or is disappearing, or is waning, call fire. We need to know how to use these things God has given. Christians are too ignorant about these things. You shouldn't be an ordinary worker. Look, I, I, I've said this before, and I give God the glory. In my days of doing accounting, I didn't see one accountant as good as me. I may be wrong, go, but that's just my perception. And I am world number one pastor now. I may be wrong, but that's just my perception. Number one. How does it come? Fire! That's it. Understand that the fire can make you diligent. And when you are diligent, you will stand before kings. Are you not kings and queens? Talk to me, somebody. Only three people hear me. Uh-huh. That's why I'm preaching to you. Amen. Somebody doesn't believe they are kings and queens. Go and read your Bible. Particularly the book of Revelations. God has made you kings and priests unto him. Look at your neighbor and say, hi, king, hi, queen. <laughs> fervent in spirit. James 5, 16, very important one. The effective, fervent prayer. Fervent prayer. Be fervent in spirit. Be fervent in prayer. When your prayer life, the, the tongues is not flowing. I was praying this morning. My tongues kicked to another gear. Ah, I was happy. <laughs> Kick to another gear. I mean, and I felt it when it entered. Man. I even need to go and ride that new gear small. Don't allow your prayer not to be fervent. It's not every prayer that works. So. He told you that there exactly. Generally, he's telling you prayer works. He now qualified the prayer. The fervent prayer is the one that avails much. 
The Bible talks about fervent love. First Peter 4, 8, above all things, have fervent love. So it's not just the, the, hot, the love should be hot. So when, because somebody stepped on your toe as you are walking inside church, you have already abused their father and their mother, or like the ones we see on the plane, all these people that fight on the plane. Just because they stepped on your toe, or they sat on your seat, or they used your locker space, that's the, the love is low. Don't wait till it gets to that level. Then they start putting you on the internet. Then the whole world will be seeing you. Then people will be shaking their head. Learn to love. Even if they don't say sorry, say I forgive you in advance. And when God shows you that you stepped on my toe, just know you're already forgiven. How fervent, above all things, above how many things? I can't hear you. How many of them? Have what? Fervent love for one another. Love will cover a multitude of sins. See, these things can't work without fire. And that's fire. Fire makes, it's not just warm. It can make it hot, boiling. Fire warms or heats things up. Number four, the things we are focusing on fire will illuminate. Where you are not having understanding, you are not having insight. Luke 15. We're going to continue with Luke 15 again this Sunday. But look at this wonderful thing Jesus taught us in Luke 15. Luke 15, verse 8. What woman having ten coins? If she loses one. Now, you understand, I told you on Sunday, Luke 15, Jesus was talking about going after the lost. We're talking about Figurant Sunday. And he gave three parables. The lost son, the lost coin, the lost sheep. This is the one of the lost coin. The, 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 the focus of the teaching is about the unbelievers being saved or the lost being found. Beautiful. But the Bible says in all scripture, there's, there's wisdom. So he used the illustration having to do with money. Coins there has to do with money. Or riches, your inheritance. Said she had ten coins, one was lost, but watch what she did. Does she not light up a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, lift your hands and say, I will find it. Ah, that's not loud enough. Say, I will find it. It's a matter of when, not if. The if is if you will turn on the lamp. Said if she loses one coin, she turns also. If you turn on the lamp and sweep the house and search, you will find. When she finds it, she calls her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me. I found the piece of what I've lost. Amazing revelation. Her ten coins are like ten different things Jesus has obtained for you your, your riches, your wealth. Your blessings, breakthrough in your career, fulfillment in ministry. Said if any of them is lost, you, are, you, 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 you check your life, how market, why is my life like this? Ah, the last six months I have been struggling financially. Something is lost. The last five years my health has been upside down. Something is lost. The last two years, my serving God has gone to zero. I don't even come for, I don't serve God. I just barely come to the Sunday morning. Something is lost. Something Jesus obtained for you. If any of your coins are lost, any of your inheritance, he tells you, turn on the light. Light a lamp. 
Number two, search the whole house. The whole house can be the scriptures of God. Genesis to Revelation. Search the house or your, your inside. Examine yourself. Sweep the entire house. Search until you find it. And the guarantee is that when you have, you will find it. Oh. The only people that don't find these things. You know why you find Jesus has obtained it for you? And Jesus did not put your miracle in Australia and put you in Lagos. That coin was in that house. She knew the coin was in the house. I'm not looking for something that is not lost, that, um, that, that can't be found. She found it. And she threw a party. Amazing. And then the Bible says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So, what you and I need when we are missing anything that Jesus has obtained for us. Is there any such persons here or in your own life? Everything Jesus has obtained for you, you have everything already. Does, does that scripture resonate with anybody? Can you identify with one of your coins being lost? your spirit light up your spirit Proverbs 20, 27 the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord searching all the inner depths of the heart hallelujah so this is my conclusion we have way too many Christians please look at me and again this is teaching and warning I'm not trying to condemn you or make you feel bad but examine yourself and change if it applies to you. We have too many Christians walking around with dull spirits. Darkened spirits. Things are lost, though. Coins are missing. Just walking around. Partly because they don't know what to do. Partly because a fire force season has not been proclaimed over their life by their pastors. Which is what we are trying to do here. Take this 40 to 60 days. Light up your spirit. Find things. Find them. They are there. They are in the house. Find them. Don't just be going around darkened, darkened, darkened. Why? Find things. I'm finding things. Looking at things that are missing in this church. God, what's the answer? If you light the lamp and you sweep the house and you search until you will find. And when you find, there will be a party. Glory be to God. It'll be a party. Proverbs 18, 28. Love what the psalmist said here. You, Lord, will light my lamp. Hallelujah. The Lord will enlighten my darkness. Proverbs 18, 28. Lift your hands. Let's pray that text. Say, Lord, lighten my lamp. Enlighten my darkness. Come on, lift your hands. Say, Lord, lighten my spirit. Lighting my lamp. Concerning the things I'm looking for. Enlighten my darkness. Take 15 seconds and pray to him about it. Don't go around with a dark spirit any longer. Make time to light your lamp. How? Fire. 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 In the name of Jesus. Lighting my lamp. Enlighten my darkness. And the fifth thing we've shared is that fire will energize us. Has anybody been near um, burning naked fire before? Do you feel the energy that comes out of it? 
Fire always has energy. I'm not talking about touching the flame and it's burning you. Just put your hand beside the flame. You, you'll see some power. So all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost fell on them and Peter was emboldened to preach. They flogged them, flogged them, beat them, never preached the name. The Bible said they went for prayer meeting and they prayed. The Holy Ghost fell on the place and they, were, they spoke the word of God with boldness. When you don't have courage, confidence to do what you are being called to do, or opportunities before you, pray for fire. You need fire. When you are tired, you need fire. And you just ask God for it. Praise God. So if you know all these things are available, and we are just staying with five, I love something Pastor Boyega shared with us last week. Fire illuminates. Interestingly, we talked about that either last year or the year before illuminates, makes you shine. There are many other things fire does. But I want to focus on these five. You need things consumed out of your life. You need things refined in your life. You need some warmth. You're always shouting at your husband and your children, little, little things. When you see no compassion. That, that, that was the hallmark of Jesus' ministry. Had compassion on them. Luke 18, I believe, he told them a parable. He came to settle accounts. A, a, a master came to settle accounts to stewards. One of them owed 10,000 talents or thereabouts. The guy fell on his face and begged and begged and begged. Couldn't pay it back. The, the, the master forgave him. Matthew 18, sorry. The Bible said he left. After the master forgave him, he found another servant that owed him one talent. Beat that one up, got him arrested. Those are some people like that. When the master had, the Bible said the master was pain, called him back. I love what the master told him in that parable. Hallelujah. Verse 33, Matthew 18. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servants just as I had pity on you? Where you can't pity people. You, you, you watch your life, you examine yourself. Sometimes the only goes to bring it to your mind, you should have been more compassionate. You should have. You know, everybody must report to the police station. Couldn't you have compassion, pity on your fellow servant? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he would pay all that was due. May you never have to pay your debts. You don't understand what I'm saying, no? Thank God that Jesus has paid your debts for you. Me, you never have to be the one to pay your debts. I hope you know you have debts. Because you are not perfect. I'm not perfect. You need fire. You, you, need, you need this thing more than I'm preaching it. It's just that many times we Christians don't know what we need. Somebody thinks they need money. No, you need fire. And they will run around for 48 hours looking for money. Can't invest two hours to catch fire. And you are wondering why your life is like this. That is the answer. You need fire more than you need money. So we will watch out because all we are showing here is when the fire of God is there, these things will be there. Compassion will be in your heart. Illumination will be in your mind. This will be there. If it's not there, it will let you know, you know what? I need to spend some time to acquire fire or to 
Rekindle the fire. Rekindle. That's what some of us need. Rekindle. Or take it to the place where it ought to be. Praise God. Can I go on? That's just, again, reestablishing some things we've shared, we've said, and taking it into more light. The next step is, where do I go? Or what do I do now? Okay, I've seen compassion is not there, and I need to get fire. How can I get it? So you go to the fireplace, or the fire point. Number one is prayer. But that's not the only fire point. And please, hear me, hear me, hear me. When, when the Bible gives us four, five, six different ways to a particular destination. Don't stay with just one. Please, wisdom. Some type your neighbor and say, wisdom, 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 wisdom. Some people want to use prayer to solve all their problems. No! No! And that's why they are praying. Fire is even falling as they are praying, but nothing is happening. The building is shaking as they are praying, but they are still broke. When the Bible teaches you, it's talking about fire. It's amazing the, Bible, the way God wrote the Bible. And God wasn't crazy. Don't just stay with one. Ah, me, I'm only a, fire, a prayer person. Hey, that's why your life is like that. Take prayer. But a season may come, God will tell you, use this other method. Because the one you are facing, prayer alone is not going to solve it. So don't just stay with one. Particularly if you have mastered that one. And you are using it and it's not getting you the results. Look for something else. That's why sometimes we teach you four or five different ways. You now have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you should use a combination of them or something else. Number one place you go when you need fire. When you say fire. Prayer. Number two is the word. Evangelist Boyega talked about that last week. The word, spent, that, that's what some people need. You don't need any more prayer. I'm, and I'm talking to you by the Spirit now. You don't, you, you, you've prayed enough. Your, your, the incense of your prayer is already choking God in heaven. You know, they said our prayer comes as incense. God is now being choked. Hey, pastor, this prayer is almost killing me. And God has still not moved. When God says your prayer is almost killing him, you know you're in trouble. weeks and just eat the word for another blend of fire to be added to your life. Hallelujah. Number three is what I really wanted to teach tonight, but my time is up. <laughs> but let me just start. Because many Christians are ignorant of this one, and I will continue from there next week by God's grace. Another amazing, consistent fire point or fireplace we see in scriptures is offerings and sacrifices. Offerings and sacrifices. They are used from generation to the end of the um, Genesis to the end of the book. Offerings and sacrifices. Remember what we said about fire. Fire is it's just God expressing Himself. So many places in scriptures, they gave an offering, gave a sacrifice, and the fire of God fell. And that was God saying, I favor what you are doing. I approve what you are doing. It wasn't so much that they prayed. It wasn't so much that they read the Bible. They gave an offering. Don't ignore that way. That may be what you need. 
That may be what you need. Hallelujah. Acts 10. And I want to start with the New Testament because many of the scriptures I'm going to share here are Old Testament scriptures. We'll finish in maybe five minutes. Cornelius, when that angel came, your prayers and your arms, specifically I want to focus on the arms part, have come up. Come up for a memorial before God and God responded. And that was the pattern we saw. People gave and God showed up as fire. Now, they didn't say God showed up as fire in the case of Cornelius. But they said an angel came. And they told us in the book of Psalms, we studied that text a few weeks ago, God makes his angels fire. And his ministers a flame. Now, they didn't specifically mention fire there. But the point is that God responded to number one is prayer. So I'm not saying you should not pray. But notice he, he, he didn't just pray. He gave alms. And he gave it so much, God recognized it in heaven. And God sent an angel into his life. Amazing. That phrase, come up, reminds me of what happened. Noah, when Noah came out of the ark. Genesis chapter 8. Amazing. The first thing Noah did. Noah built an altar to the Lord. Genesis 8 and 20. He built an altar to the Lord, took off every clean animal, every clean bird, and offered a burnt offering on the altar. By telling us he built an altar, obviously he worshipped God. Obviously he prayed. But notice what they specifically mentioned. He gave an offering. And I told you about first mention. It matters that this was the first thing Noah did. After he came out of that ark, the whole world had been destroyed. Only he and his family was left. The first thing he did was he gave an offering to God. And it was sacrificial. Now, I want to assume, you know, God told him to take two of each animal. And now he came out, he's offering one of every clean animal. I want to assume that wasn't the last one. That while they were in the ark, the animals mated. <laughs> or else it will have caused the first extinction of... <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? But whether the animals mated or not, it was an obvious sacrifice. And this is what the Bible said happened. Verse 21... And the Lord smelled the smooth, soothing aroma. Please, the smoke didn't get to heaven. It wasn't the smoke God smelled. It was the fire in his heart or the, 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 the sacrifice in his heart. That God didn't have to force him or cajole him to do it. That his heart was like that towards God. Then the Lord said in his own heart, I will never do this again. An offering that triggered a response from God. And that's what the fire of God has been all through scriptures. God manifesting himself. You can use offerings to acquire the fire of God. It's interesting, this same phrase that they use for Noah here. That God smelled the sudden aroma. That's what Apostle Paul used in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4.15, instead he said, no church partnered with me in giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. 
Oh, that more Christians will practice giving and receiving with understanding, with revelation, with an intent to acquire fire. That's what I'm teaching you here. The same way you will pray for fire. First of all, please, I need fire. I can see that my compassion is low. I can see my fervency is low. I can see that sin is consuming me. I'm falling into this sin over and over and over and over again. And please, oh, hear me and hear me well. Put the screen, screen here loud. My lips, my eyes, my everything. In 2018, the wages of sin is still death. It's not just Bible days. 2018. What month are we in? April 2018, the wages of sin is still death. Now, we don't preach sin <laughs> anymore. But somebody needs to hear that alarm. And you need to know what to do when you are tempted to sin. You acquire fire. And I'm telling you, I will teach it more next week. I have to close now. One way is to give an offering from your heart that will provoke a response from heaven. Not just prayer. Maybe you have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and the sin is still remaining and remaining and remaining and remaining. Don't move too much. They won't have talking about you. And you have studied and studied and studied and studied and confessed and confessed and confessed and the poverty has not moved since. Maybe it's time to try something else. Try something else. Try something else to get a response from heaven. You only have one life to live. Oh. I gave one offering one day. One day. Somebody say one day. This over 10 years ago. From that time, money never finished in my life again. I've shared that testimony over and over again. And I've just been getting better and better. Bef you know before and after? How many of you know before and after? Before I gave that offering, sir, every now and then money used to finish. After I gave that offering, I believe fire fell on my life. As I that money never finished again. And it will never finish till Jesus comes. Because I have found this secret. Look at what he told them. Philippians 4, rise on your feet. Let me close. Verse 18. Philippians 4, 18. Indeed. Watch, watch, watch. Watch the same phrase the Bible used to reference what happened to Noah. Repeated here in the New Testament. Indeed, I have found, I have all and abound, I'm full. Having received from Epaphroditus the things that you sent me, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice. And please, note this. Some people now say in the New Testament, the only offering you should be giving is arms, like Cornelius. No, this wasn't arms. This was money sent to support a man of God in ministry. This was what we would call a minister's offering or a project offering or a seed to support a ministry. That's what he talked about. He said they, they were partnering with him. And he called their offering a sweet-smelling aroma. Read it with me, somebody. Uh -huh. An acceptable sacrifice. That's it. When fire fell, God was saying, I'm pleased with what you're doing. I accept what you're doing. I favor what you're doing. I believe you need it. You need it. Hallelujah. Say with me, I need the fire. Lift your hands and talk to God. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. 
We are located at Kingsward Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.